When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. It is Trags Mike Petralia back with this week's episode of the Jungle Roar podcast powered by our fine friends and folks at FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive online wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Back with me. It's been a while, actually, since this gentleman has been on the Jungle Roar podcast. It is my pleasure to reintroduce to everybody, at least on this platform, the one and only Tony Pike. You can follow him on Twitter at Tony underscore Pike 15. But more importantly, you can follow his musings on, as you can see right behind him, if he moves his head just a tad. Yes, <laughs> or Cincy 360. There, there you go, Tony. Cincy. Plug. <laughs> Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 weekdays, uh, Monday through Friday. That would be, I guess, weekdays. Tony, how you been? I'm great. I am. Uh, I'm great. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it is my pleasure. By the way, I also appreciate your festive sweatshirt. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's it's a, you know, holiday season. We got work Christmas parties. And I, I assume that a holiday Christmas party at the office, people would dress in holiday gear. You know, I'm the only one that's got a holiday sweater on today. So this is great. Uh, yeah, for those who um, are listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, but uh, for those just listening, he is wearing a Merry Christmas sweatshirt and uh, a hat uh, in tribute to his alma mater, the University of Cincinnati. Tony, I think a lot of people are in a good mood and maybe even an optimistic mood about these Cincinnati Bengals uh, going forward after what they saw in their last two games, both against AFC South opponents, one against Jacksonville uh, on the Monday night, the uh, overtime win 34-31, where they came from behind three different times on the road to re uh, register that win. And then on, on Sunday at Paycor, dare I say they were dominant over the Indianapolis yeah. Colts, Tony? Yeah, you know, it, it it was weird because outside of that stretch right before the half where Indy tied the game, um, I, I never really felt, even at the half, that they were going to lose. Right. It, it just felt like they were in control. Uh, what the defense was able to do finally um, uh, against the backup quarterback, I think, was, was unbelievable to see great strides there. But more importantly than that is a quarterback in Jake Browning that I watched, as you mentioned, come from behind multiple times against Jacksonville in primetime on Monday night football on the road and guy that throws a pick six on Sunday and the first two drives out of the half leads 70 right. plus yard touchdown drive. So I, I just love the mental of this team right now. And we can get into the dynamics of, you know, what's working offensively for them, but 34 points in back-to-back -back games, it, it feels like 
there's a rhyme and reason right now with the way the offense is running. I really got that sense coming out of halftime when, like you said, in a 25-second span, uh, the Bengals saw a 14 nothing lead evaporate. And yeah. there have been times this year where that happens to this team. Uh, they don't look like the same team. They don't crumble necessarily, but they just look out of phase. This time, with Jake Browning at the helm, uh, coming out of halftime, uh, they marched right down the field in the 11-yard touchdown uh, past the in slant to uh, Tanner Hudson looked like clockwork. And that's what you want to see from a team heading down the final weeks of the season when they're trying to make a playoff push is this, um, I, I would call it a purpose, a, a definitive purpose at mind with this team. Uh, and that's what I saw on Sunday. Yeah. You know, what I liked best about that is it was Tanner Hudson who he threw the ball to that got intercepted. Right. And exactly. He goes right back to, Tanner Hudson, but it is, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's been this team's ability to say, okay, we are going to run the ball regardless of what the defense does. You know, I, I, I was, I was a little bit in shock after the Pittsburgh game and, and Zach Taylor had the comments of, well, you know, that's just life against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and I thought that was a different approach than the approach we've seen in the last two weeks, because 31 rush attempts against Jacksonville, 32 rush attempts, uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, it, it just makes things a little bit easier. It, it allows, you know, we use the term glass eaters all the time, you know, the offensive line. Right. For the first time the last two weeks, I have felt like I understand what glass eaters means because they've been physical up front. And it, it, it was five yards a carry against Jacksonville. It was only three and a half a carry against Indy, but they stuck to it. And with that comes the opportunity to to run a screen game, to run the play action pass game. It brings an opportunity where the defense says enough is enough and they have to load a box and all of a sudden you get a one-on-one -on -one shot with T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. So I I really do think if you look at all their wins this season, I believe it's 27 or 28 or more rush attempts in those wins. That That is a common denominator yep. that I think this team can really rally behind. And again, it gives more... I think for the first time, an understanding of what the personnel of this team looks like, because even with Joe Burrow at times, it felt at times, it just feels disjointed. It feels like the personnel on the field isn't matching what the offense is trying to do. And for the last two weeks, I feel like there is a pretty good mesh point of the personnel and the offense that's being run. There's a certain degree of irony of what you just said, Tony, is, you know, with Joe Burrow, the offense didn't look like this. You know Joe Burrow is on the sideline thinking to himself on Sunday, if I had Chase Brown, you know, releasing on a screen pass like the 54-yard touchdown uh, in the first quarter, yeah, I think my, de my offense would look a lot better or a lot better yeah. and a lot different as well. Don't you think Joe Burrow's thinking that about like if I had Chase Brown healthy in the early part of the year, um, things would have been a lot different, e even when Joe Burrow was coming off that calf injury? Yeah, because it's another weapon that you can give the ball to in an easy opportunity, and Joe Burrow's not having to to strain in order to do that. You know, you, you look at the Jacksonville game, they used the Jamar Chase uh, motion twice on, on good chunk runs. Great breakdown, by the way, Tony, Thank not to you. interrupt you. Great breakdown on Twitter of that play. Anybody who wants to really get an expert breakdown of uh, what Tony's talking about in terms of the motion, please go there. Continue. Yeah. No, but they, they use that to hold an end. And then what do they do this week? They run that and then set up a screen pass off of it. So 
I, I think at this point in, in, in Joe Mixon's career, we know what he is. He's not going to try to make 10 guys miss. He's going to lower his shoulder, put his foot in the ground, and go get 10 to 15 yards. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. But what this team was missing was the counter to that. And you saw it at, at over 22 miles per hour on Sunday against the Colts, what that counter can be. A guy that when you put the ball in his hands, yep. anytime he touches it, he can go the distance for a touchdown. And this offense has missed that out of the backfield. Uh, it has missed it in the screen game. And then you look uh, on Sunday, that's a really good Indianapolis Colts defensive front. They had got after the passer over their last eight games like no one else in the NFL. But when you run the ball successfully and you run the screen game, it slows that pass rush down a lot. That's what I think Joe Burrow is sitting back and saying, wait a second. <laughs> what we, this, this needs to be what we are when I'm back because Correct. the slower that defense has to rush because they're cognizant of a screen or you're just being physical and running at them, it slows that down. But I do think when it comes to Burrow, there's stuff that he's going to have to compromise as well. You know, Joe Burrow loves being in the shotgun. He, he does not like being under center. Correct. Right. He loves operating out of empty. That's what he was so good at at LSU. But what they've had success with in the last two weeks has been what? some under center runs, some under center play action. So I'm so interested next year when Burrow is back. And there's so much to look forward to this year still. But when Burrow's back, what is the compromise going to be? What is that middle ground of under center, power runs, screen game, and also still letting Burrow do what he does best? Hey, football fans, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on all the action. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on all of the fun action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt, see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, I'm going to probably make you laugh. I know I made uh, James Rapine laugh when I texted him this yesterday. But when you watch Chase Brown and his speed in his 22.06 miles per hour down the right sideline on Sunday, and you see what he can do and make people miss and catch the ball out of the backfield, it does make you kind of think about Christian McCaffrey with the 49ers. Yeah. Not saying he's the same exact player, but that's what the 49ers get out of Christian McCaffrey. I think the Bengals sincerely think they can get some of the same aspects out of Chase Brown. And, and what you what you do get, yes, you, you see on, on Sunday, Christian McCaffrey's first touch goes for 70-plus yards. 
but it was just a normal play design. It was just make a right. couple guys miss and then go. Chase Brown has that ability, but what I like even more, if you if you kind of match what McCaffrey does, he's so good out of the backfield in the in the passing game. He's such an option for Brock Purdy, and now Chase Brown is such an option for uh, for what Jake Browning wants to do. It is that constant release valve. And if you if you imagine, you know, San Francisco's offense, Kittle running down the seam, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. If you're a defense, you've got to get depth. Like you right away, snap, you got to get depth. Well, you give depth, and then who's underneath? That that's Christian McCaffrey catching a ball in space. So it's T. Higgins, it's Jamar Chase. You've got to get depth. You're gonna give them two defenders. At least Jamar Chase is gonna always get two defenders. Do the math. You're you're asking Chase Brown to go one on one against a linebacker in space. I would take that matchup ten out of ten times. So the way that they can use him based on their their skill player set is a way that Christian McCaffrey is used in San Francisco because we, we talked last year so much too high, right? I, I, I talked in, on, on my show about Tampa 2 and too high so much in the 2022 season. Well, teams were just saying, we're not going to let you beat us with the pass. And, and you're not going to run the ball. And they weren't convinced yeah. that the Bengals were going to run the ball. Correct. And now you have the threat to run the ball. No one's going to no one's going to break a too high look if your running backs just getting 3 or 4 yards. And and that's right. not a shot against Mixon. I love that Mixon has now kind of embraced the role that he is. He's a finisher, Tony. Like yes. if if there and I know there have been times this year and I can't remember specifically the game where or I think it was Arizona where Mixon uh, was given uh, multiple opportunities inside the five and couldn't and inside the two and couldn't get to the goal line for whatever reason. Maybe he couldn't see the gap or uh, it wasn't blocked well uh, at the goal line. But for the most part, if Mixon's in there and it and happened on Sunday with this one yard touchdown run, I have confidence that Joe Mixon can get that one or two yeah. yards for the touchdown. He's a finisher. He's a different running back than he was at the start of his career. And I think he understands that, and that's the good part. You know, he I think it was the second play of the game. He caught a swing pass in the flats. It's like, all right, there's some space there. And he wasn't able to make the guy miss. Still right. got a couple yards, but it wasn't able to be a explosive gain. What I think right now with the Bengals running back situation is the ideal scenario is just reversed. I think the ideal scenario you want is the flash and the speed early, and then you want the closer right. late. And, and I just think they're a little bit, uh, reversed right now, much probably because Chase Brown is still catching up on a lot of that stuff. But imagine you, you're throwing the kitchen sink at a defense with Chase Brown all afternoon and Jamar Chase and company, and then these guys get tired, and now you got to deal with a fresh Joe Mixon in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter where he is finishing runs and he's running through tackles. That's what I envision. I mean, if, if you ever see Joe Mixon, I mean, we have the opportunity to see him all the time. You ever see Joe Mixon in, in person, you would be shocked that that is an NFL running back because he's put together so he looks like a linebacker. Right. You get that to be your finisher. You get Chase Brown to be the electricity to start. And that's when I think this running game becomes even more dangerous. Chatting Bengals football with Tony Pike. He can be heard weekdays on Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Uh, Tony, the one guy that I think the Bengal that is the true difference maker, of course, Joe Burrow. But in their three-game losing streak, they didn't have on the field. And ever since, they've won their last two games. T. Higgins. Yeah. 
he did not have a huge game again. Two catches, four targets, 72 yards on uh, 72 yards is big because he had a 46 yarder uh, on the the uh, go ball down the left sideline from uh, Chase Browning. But T Higgins being back to me is enormously important to the Bengals. It, it doesn't allow defenses to run two or three guys at Jamar Chase all the time. And defense are going to come into a game when T Higgins isn't there and say, OK, if if and, and it's not a shot at those players, but. If Trent Irwin is beating us, then tip your cap. If Tanner Hudson is beating us, then tip your cap. Even Tyler Boyd at this point, if he's beating you, tip your cap. When T. Higgins is back, you saw on Sunday in an instant when you decide to just single cover him what he can do. He is going to beat one-on-one coverage. So the math just doesn't work for defenses, right? You can't double chase. You can't double Higgins at the same time and then still have the numbers for everybody else. So he balances so much for the offense because it, it limits what a defense is able to do. When it's just Jamar Chase out there, a defense can can really have a free-for-all and, and send as many as they want to help with Jamar Chase. If not, then it just takes one, right? You saw one single high coverage in the, the Jacksonville game. Jake Browning took advantage of it and hit Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase with a touchdown. You saw the single high yeah. against Indy, one-on-one coverage, dropped it in a bucket. T. Higgins played the ball perfectly in the air. That's what they possess. And teams aren't going to allow that. Teams don't want that to happen all the time. But my goodness, when you go one-on-one, you are setting yourself up to be beat over the top time and time again by this Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver core. Don't you wish, and I'm sure a lot of Bengals fans are thinking this and wishing this, that T. Higgins were under contract going forward. Because it seems as though it's a a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be with the Bengals next year. And I think... I think yeah. that's a shame, but, you know, Bengal fans should appreciate what they have in T. Higgins while he's still in stripes. Yeah, it's – it's w- when it didn't get done preseason, it sure felt like the writing yep. was going to be on the wall. And you, you look at how money is, is spread out and the decisions this team already has to make. Right. And, and you hear a lot about, well, franchise tag, this and that. Well, Justin Jefferson's going to sign a lucrative deal. And that franchise tag is going to be <clears throat> insane on the amount of money you can give a receiver. So I could be 24 and a half million bucks. I think, right. If I am the Kansas city chiefs or a team like that, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at T Higgins, because I do think he is a bona fide number one receiver in the NFL. Uh, He has shown that when given the ability, when Jamar chase hasn't been out there. Uh, But yeah, he's, he's dealt with his share of injuries, but man, when he's healthy and, and he's at full go, he is a legit number one. And, and I think that was so much of the frustration when Burrow went down because the, the Super Bowl window is always going to be here when Joe Burrow's the quarterback. But right. you felt that window so wide open when you still had T. Higgins and Jamar Chase out there. And, and you, you trust the organization that they can find ways to, to plug that spot. And they've drafted really well at the wide receiver position over the last couple of years. But, man, it you, you do. You, you appreciate – every single thing T Higgins is able to do when you see him week in and week out on a football field. You don't think Andre uh, Yosivash can be that yet. I mean, you know, I know he, there's a role he can fill in the passing game, right? but I, I mean, just based on the very limited number of snaps I've seen him take in NFL regular season games, it's hard to project that. Right, Tony. I mean, yeah, it's hard. And, and, what you don't have in anyone right now is the size that T Higgins has, right? You know, you, I I talked about Joe Mixon before go watch T Higgins cross the street and head to the practice facility. I mean, he, 
he is the body type from a quarterback standpoint that you dream about throwing a ball to because yes, you can put it in a good spot and he has strong hands to come down with it. He showed that against Jacksonville to kind of ice the game away, but it's his catch radius. I mean, he's, he's got such a lucrative catch radius that you watch him operate. And it's like, as a quarterback, I can miss, I don't have to be right. perfect. I just got to get in the vicinity and his catch rate is so crazy. And he's so good at catching and keeping the ball separated from where the defense is with his strong hands. Uh, you, I, I've seen the, and I'm sure you have the highlight tapes of him dunking uh, a basketball and, and what he was able to do at Clemson. He's just, he's such a good athlete, but he's more than a, he's, he's more than an athlete. He's a, a really, really good, solid receiver. Sounds like the Vikings are going to have Justin Jefferson back this week from a chest injury, just kind of reading the tea leaves on Monday. And uh, that would be something to see again, obviously, watching Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, uh, teammates at LSU, back on the same field again. Um, you excited to see him play? Just, you know, forget the fact that he plays for the opponent? Yeah, any anytime that you're able to witness greatness, I, I appreciate seeing that come to town or, or appreciate, you know, you – you know, Sundays is a lot of time focused on the Bengals, so sometimes you miss that. And I, I know he left the game, but there was nothing great about a 3 nothing win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Ugliest game in the NFL by far this year. <laughs> absolutely brutal. But you are, you're talking about on the same field, two of arguably the top three or four receivers in the National Football League, uh, outside of what Tyreek Hill is doing right now and, and maybe some others. But, yes, I, I – I, I enjoy watching greatness, and I hope that the greatness doesn't show through uh, against the Bengals secondary, um, and I hope that the Bengals can get after a whatever the quarterback is going to be and, and really make life uncomfortable that way. But you uh, you get a chance to, to see some of the best on the field. You always take advantage of it. I was shocked that the Miami Dolphins lost that game on Monday night to Tennessee. Just blown away. I could not believe that – they found a way to lose that game. I just don't, Tony, when I look at the AFC, there are the Ravens and the Bengals have lost to them twice. Yeah. Right. And there's a way that the Ravens play that I think is unique to them. And to their credit, they have stuck to that uh, with John Harbaugh leading the way as their head coach. Um, but I don't see anybody else beyond that, including the Kansas City Chiefs, that scare me. Even if the Bengals yeah. get to the playoffs as a wild card, there's nobody uh, after the Ravens where I say Bengals can't go there and win. Yeah, I, I look at the two best teams in the league right now, I think, are San Francisco and Dallas, and and they both come out of the NFC. I, You know, Baltimore is a punt return overtime touchdown away from really struggling with the Rams. Yep. Uh, which was what they normally don't do because they normally, with Lamar, dominate NFC teams. Uh, but to me, the Ravens have flaws. There, there are chinks in the Ravens' armor. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are, are, are a, a small version of what they've been in the past. And I think, I think the offside was a boiling point because I think Mahomes' frustration was way more than just that offside. That's a great he's point, not, Tony. Yes, he's not doing what he's normally able to do. Uh, oddly enough, if if I'm looking at the AFC because they have their quarterback. If I'm in Buffalo, I'm screaming out, just get in. Because that Buffalo team's been different with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. But mm -hmm. no one no one in the AFC strikes fear. And it's even more frustrating, again, because if Burrow's healthy and this team is taking care of business, they're probably the favorites in the AFC right now to, to come out of the AFC the way they're playing. But even with, with, with Jake Browning, there's not a game where I look at it and say, man, they don't have a chance. 
Right. And, and that's regular season or if, if they can get to the playoffs. So I, I think that's there. I think the defense is going to be a key uh, because for a, a couple of weeks there, the defense was, was non-existent. They weren't but, tackling. <laughs> right. I, I think that one of the, one of the biggest stats for me, when I look at a box score, I, I, I pulled it up after the game and I saw Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt both had 10 tackles. Yep. Got it when right in I front see, of me. Yep. When I see linebackers, both with double digit tackles, one, it tells me they're playing well. Two, it tells me the front four is dominating because that means the linebackers are able to roam and play free, right? You look yep. at a box score and you got corners and safeties at the top, then you're in trouble. Yep. But you got both linebackers, 10 tackles in that game on Sunday. That tells me that Hill, Reader, Hubbard, Hendrickson and company did their job and those linebackers were able to play free and they really, they bottled up Zach Moss, who's been a good running back. They got after uh, Gardner Minshew. They didn't let him get comfortable. I loved what I saw from the defense for the first time in a couple of weeks on Sunday as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Michael Pittman didn't really kill him. Uh, Pittman had, you know, eight catches, uh, 11 targets, 95 yards. He didn't get the yeah. triple figures, and he's the fourth leading receiver uh, in the National Football League. Uh, Tony, uh, we're done talking, with the, uh, talking about the uh, Bengals for now. Scott Satterfield, what does he need to do? Is it as simple as bringing in a quarterback for UC? Yeah. Uh, look, it, whether you're in the NFL, high school, college, you, you got to have a quarterback to compete. And uh, I, I thought uh, Emery's a great kid. Yep. Night, one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. He just wasn't it at quarterback. And I think the frustrating thing when you look at the Bearcats from last year and you look at what Scott, or Scott Satterfield's done. Yeah, two don't realize running for, backs, Tony. Two yes. good running backs. Well, you had Corey Conner go for 1,000. For five straight years, Scott Satterfield has averaged 200 rushing and 200 passing per game. That's so crazy to do. That's so much balance. And from a quarterback standpoint, if you can run the ball for 200-plus a game, it should be easy to right. win one-on-one -on -one matchups and make throws. They didn't have the quarterback to do it, and I don't think they had the skill weapons that they needed to do it. So year one in the big 12, it's a different world with the transfer portal and NIL. You took over a program pretty late in the game when Luke fickle left and you had to kind of piece together a roster. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll give Scott Satterfield the benefit of the doubt this year though. And, and, and my, my partner and my, my colleague Mo Egger says this all the time. It's never been easier in college football or college sports to turn it around quicker. Right. Because of the transfer portal. And I think Scott Satterfield has gotten a huge boost because everyone was sitting back and watching what this portal is going to look like. Yep. Corey Kiner, thousand yard rusher, says he's staying. Mason Fletcher, all American, says he's staying. Dante Corleone, staying. Luke Kandra, who just was named third team all American, is staying. The biggest pieces on this team, the core nucleus, all believes in Scott Satterfield. And that to me, from a locker room standpoint, says more than anything I could uh, I, I could think or I could assume. I'm looking at the facts, and the best players on this team have all said, we want to be here, we believe in this coach, and we want players. Like Dante Corleone was very clear. He said, we want guys that want to be here and that want to get coached. And if you don't, we don't want you here. And I think that's a little bit of a subtle comment on guys coming in, but also a little bit of what the locker room feel was last year. Whereas maybe you didn't have those guys. I, I look at the guys they've lost in the portal. I don't think any of them are huge losses. I, I really don't. I think they, I think what they got back 
was what they needed to get back, and it made a good statement. And I think that's a good building block for for Scott Satterfield to go into this offseason, which starts – it's already started be, because of the transfer portal, um, but a really good opportunity to, to go in and get this thing turned around in year two. I remember after the Central Florida game, and that was a very ugly game at yeah. uh, Nippert. And that's when you had some of the uh, players who were on the sideline um, or not playing starting to tweet and yeah. were like, mm, Scott might be literally losing the locker room. But to your point, to hear all of those players, their very best players committing yeah. to coming back is a very good sign. And frankly, I didn't see that coming, Tony. Did you? I didn't either. That, that was my biggest fear. And and because I, I watched the same thing. I watched, you know, Shaman Mateer, who's a really good young player. He he quit. You know, going into the last game, he entered the transfer portal. He didn't even finish the regular season. Now their best tight end. I mean, no right. question, right? I mean, like I, I look at that and that that concerned me because I'm like, man, this thing can unravel. And then to not even have those guys take much time to come out essentially right when the season ends and say, no, we're back. We're, we're coming back. I think that's a, a testament, one, to them, and two, to the, the coaching staff. Because no one's really going to know behind those doors what was going on and what is being said. Uh, I I look at the whole, you know, actions speaking much louder, and, and I think the actions of those players all saying we're coming back speaks a lot louder than than anything else. But that is – that's the fight in the transfer portal, right? You might get talented players to come in. But at the same time, if things don't go their way, they're not invested. They're not deeply rooted into the program. And that's why I think you heard Dante Corleone uh, come out and say, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you. Very, very clearly, we don't want you here. And, you and got, I think that sends a message. What do you got coming up on uh, Cincy 360 this week? Anything we should uh, be on the lookout for as the Bengals play a day early, Saturday at 1 p.m.? Every day, uh, every day is uh, is huge right now on on Cincy 360. I I, uh, I laughed with Mo Egger a week ago because you know Mo would come in at the end of my show every day and, and preview his. He'd say big show today, and finally I'm like, is there anything else like? But do we ever just say like, man, there's just we got a normal show today. Yeah, we don't. Sub- yeah, there's really no reason to listen. Like, so if you yeah, want to take the day, be subpar. Like every show is supposed to be big, but uh, a lot this week on the uh, the fallout from the crosstown shootout. Yeah. Um, what Xavier was able to do, what UC wasn't able to do. And it, it's it's a really quick turnaround. You mentioned you want to have a day on Saturday. Um, I'll be I'll be doing some pregame at the Holy Grail. And then the Bengals, of course, play the Vikings. After that, you right there at the Heritage Bank Dayton. Center, you see Dayton. Yep. So, you, you know, you get a, a pretty good sports weekend. Uh, but a ton of Bengals, uh, a lot on the Bearcats, of course, the ever – uh, the, the monitoring of the transfer portal and, and what's new in, uh, in in college football as well. And and to be quite honest, outside of the, the craziness that has been Shohei Otani, I think the Reds have very quietly had a really good offseason to this point. I think bringing in Candelario, a couple pitching options, I still think they need a starter, a top-end starter, but I like what the Reds have done. And uh, all of this stuff makes my job a little bit easier because I just get to talk about it. And you do a great job of it, Tony. He is Tony Pike. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Tony underscore Pike one five. Uh, of course, he uh, can be heard weekdays on ESPN fifteen thirty on his show Cincy three sixty. Tony, thanks a lot for joining me. It, I promise you, it won't be a year or a year and a half since you last been on Deal. until we talk again. How's that? Deal. That's how it works. I look forward to it.
All right. He's Tony Pike. I'm Mike Petralia. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Jungle War podcast powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Until next week, I'm Mike Petralia. Keep that jungle roaring.